But what can he really do? I mean, well, I think you need well, to go to your higher ups and say, "I want to, I want to take this on as a side project. You don't have to pay me. I'm not going to, ex- I'm not going to do this on the job. I just want to." figure out how we define a great working environment for a company. And if you go to a boss and you say that to him and they're like, no, you know what, Doug, that's a waste of time. I think you're at the wrong company. No, I agree. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name's Jason Zenger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders just like you. And I'm here in the studio with my good friend, Jim Carr. How you doing, Jim? Hey, I am good, man. Again, sitting across the desk from you, another another great day that we can equip and inspire all the people that are tuning in to hear us talk. So much exciting stuff going on in the next few weeks. I can't believe it. I hope we make it through. I'm I'm confident we will. I'm tired. I need some. I feel like I need more caffeine all the time. Can lately. I make you some coffee? Not right now. Okay. Not right now. Okay. I think I'm good for the day. Good. I want to pass out early. Good. Tonight, so I'm so. I'm doing well. I'm ready to get somebody excited about the next few weeks and in, in September and Chicago and manufacturing and we just got on the we had a, a phone call today. We can't share it with you yet, but about a future spot that we're going to record in. It sounds really cool, really exciting. And oh, for new Making Chip Studio? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really stoked about that one. I really think it's going to be a really great synergy between the, um, the companies, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing it with the Metalworking Nation in the yeah, future. Yeah, we'll be surrounded by manufacturing leaders and surrounded by chip making and yeah. manufacturing of all sorts. I think Damn. it's I think it's going to be good. Let's do it. Yeah. So what's on the what do we have for manufacturing news today, Jason? You yeah, took so this I, one this yeah, week. Yeah, right? I, I I found this interesting article and um, I'm just going to I'm going to read the title to it. It was posted on August 29th. It says business leaders in Texas say workers are getting too expensive. Um, this was released by that. Yeah yeah, it, exactly. Do. So business leaders in Texas are worried about rising wages. It, this was released from the Dallas Federal Reserve, and they said that the manufacturing index is down, is at negative 6.2 for August, oh, which was, gosh. It was really surprising. Oh, gosh. Here we surprising. go again. I, you, know, you know those statistics were up or down or up. Well, it's been down It's like a roller coaster. Lately. Yeah, I know. But I thought so what else were does up. It, it Well, it, basically what it says is that business leaders are telling the Dallas Fed that they're struggling to find qualified workers, including entry-level candidates who can do basic math. I mean, I, I thought that that was, that was amazing, that they're, they can't find people to do basic math. Well, you know, I mean, I what give, do you think about that? You know what? Well, I, I will tell you. So, you know, I give my prospective new employees a quick two-page math test. It's, it's okay. Like relev- one plus one is two? Or? No, no. Okay. A little bit more sophisticated more than that. that. It's... It, I want to know what is the drill size for a quarter 20 tap, 5 sixteenths, 24, half 13. And I don't know. What's the decimal equivalent of 164th or something like that? Well, it's 0.0156. 
or what's the decimal equivalent for three thirty seconds? Yeah, but you, you're cheating because you have that stamped on your arm. No, I don't. Too. You know what? I will. Here's a story. I got to tell you a dad story, right? Okay. So my dad used to interview these machinists, mm-hmm. and he'd have them sit at his desk after filling out the application. He used to look them in the eye and say, "Real quick, what's the decimal equivalent for three thirty seconds?" If the guy didn't know or got it wrong, he he'd, wouldn't. Hi- he wouldn't hire him. He'd physically pick him up and no, and, and throw he just him wouldn't hire him. So I mean, I get the math skills. Your dad, your dad was a tough guy. He was tough. I'm telling you, he's not quite as tough anymore, but he was tough. <laughs> you get that's less, where I get it, man. You get that's less tough when you get older. <laughs> you certainly do. You certainly you do. You go from you, you go kind from, of cure a little. You're bit. born a baby, and you you know as you get older, you become more like a baby. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that know? is absolutely the truth. <laughs> But anyway, so no, this math test that I give my prospective machinist, and then I have like 15 G&M codes. I just want them to write out what they are, and then I have some uh, geometric triangles that I want them to solve what the angle is. I mean, it's really pretty basic stuff that they should know, but what that does is get benchmarks them to let me know what level they're at. If they can't do anything, then I know that they're really green. They're faking it. Well, they're faking it. Yeah. They, because all, and I do ask them sometimes, I'm like, what? what is a G80? What is an MO3? What is a, you know, a G86 or a G84? If they can't tell me what those are, they're not really programmers. I think that's a great tip for the prospective people out there that are that are looking for a position. Well, well be you know, prepared be for prepared. the job yeah. interview. And, and you know what? This, this is kind of taking us a little bit off subject, but I think that this is a great material that we should actually talk about this in the future. Did you make up this touch yourself? I did. I did. That's great. And you know what I got tired of? I got tired of that applicant sitting on the other side of my desk saying he could do this, he could do this, he could do this. And you hire him and you find out it can't. It can't. So this, yep. it's just, it, what it, it's a benchmark. It's a great filter. It's a be, it is a great I like to Call these. I, li- I like to call these hiring filters because I have a lot. A I have a lot of hiring filters myself, yep. and um, it's great to have simple hiring filters. Yep. So, um, well, let's let's move yeah, on. Finish on. So, yeah. Texas is is not doing well. It's probably because the oil and energy is not doing well. Well, that that's part of it, but it's industry um, specific businesses. I mean, machine shops, businesses, industry, manufacturing. It, it's all you know. It's all specific to who you're serving. You yeah, know. a lot of times it is. So what they're saying is that there's slowing growth and reduced hiring because of management's time spent on the higher cost of labor and also spent on compliance, which is also a big topic that you know we need to continue to be talking about as well. And Absolutely. I know like all of our friends always are talking about compliance, 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 and you know it's it's unfor. I mean, it, I think it's necessary. Um, it's but, very but sometimes costly. It's, it's very, very costly, costly, and you can get beat over the head with compliance. But, totally. But I, I understand where it is needed, you know, but sometimes there's just too much compliance. So what they're saying is that the price of crude oil is going to go up, which which should be helpful for, uh, ironically, for a lot of industries, but that the shortage of skilled workers um, well, that's and, nothing and the drive though anyway. Yeah, the, and, yeah. The, and the wages going up is is really going to hurt. I know things. when when I get gas for under two dollars a gallon, I I kind of cringe. I mean, I'm I'm a little happy. It's not really under two dollars anymore. I know, but I'm saying at least not when, here. When I uh, well, let's say a few months ago it was right. But when when I would fill up under two dollars a gallon, I would cringe because I knew the my peers in the oil and energy. Uh, sector we're struggling they have to be they have to be because it's directly related to energy prices right right yeah, yeah absolutely so anyway let's move on I want to, I want you to share with the metalworking nation make an elevate 
That's yes. right around the corner, man. I'm going to keep this short because Jim and I have have really talked about this We've in pounded depth. The heck out yeah, of it. Yep. in the last couple episodes. So if you want, if this is your first time listening and you want to know a little bit more about making elevate, go to makeandelevate.com. You can also listen to our last few episodes and where we talk about this more in depth, and you can really hear, you know, you know, from from our hearts, like what what we want to see happen with this uh, leadership forum. So go to makeandelevate.com. It's going to be a first-class event. It's going to be a first-class event, absolutely. Pause the podcast, get out your credit card, go to makeandelevate.com. You're going to be making an investment in your business. If you don't see the value that that you paid for for Make and Elevate, just email Ryan. We will refund your money, no questions asked. This is going to be a great That's event. That's fair. That's it's, fair. You know, we, we really believe in, in, in this. Yep. And, and this look- is not just Jim and I teaching at this event. No, this is Jim and I facilitating, and we're bringing in some experts. So yeah, it's going to be gonna really be good. Great, You're going to get man. a lot of value out of I'm this. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I, I think it's going to be great. We're going to have to work, though, a little but bit. But you got to right? do it now. I mean, yeah. t- oh, clock is ticking. A third, of, a third of the Mastermind series is already sold already. So that's great. get in there. Yeah. Yep. And you know, do you know that the Mastermind is for two days? The workshop- If you sign just, up for the Mastermind, you, you, get, you get both, both days. days. Yep, yep. But the workshop, you could just do that on your own. Yeah, but we got to be at 100%, so people got to sign up. Do it now. You bet. All right. So I, with regard to um, IMTS, I was on the IMTS website the other day. And, you know, I'm a kind of healthy guy. I work out three days a week plus. Except for those, you know, McDonald's breakfasts you eat. Sometimes. Like we talked about in a previous episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I was on their uh, website, and they have a... A 5K run that is being facilitated by IMTS Chicago on Wednesday, September 14th at 7 a.m. at DuSable Harbor, which is 150 North Lakeshore Drive, just south of Randolph by the Columbia Yacht Club. Um, 5K is like 3.2 miles. I I believe that's correct. You can can run that in 20 to 30 minutes. 7 a.m., they can do that. Be done by 7.30. Take a shower and get over to Make and Elevate or IMTS, whatever your preference is that day. And and you know what? Show up for the the Make and Elevate, one day to elevate workshop in your race clothes. That would be be fun to see you like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. And we can talk about uh, health and, you know. We're going to be talking about, about making that. chips and we're elevating be, leadership. Well, they want to talk about. We can talk about health as we're drinking cocktails at the cocktail well, party. Yeah, and we're serving healthy food, which is Kinsey, that's what you and I believe in. So. Absolutely. So no cheeseburgers from McDonald's there. No, but I do want to share with you though that um, a lot of the um, money that's being raised for the Miles for Manufacturing 5K goes to the Chicago Public Library Foundation Project Sincere. That's S-Y-N-C-E-R-E, and then the Chicago Chicago Public School System uh, and the STEM initiatives. So all good causes there. Um, it just a, it looks like a fantastic event. I think they got plenty of time to make it to the show. Beautiful downtown Chicago run, nice easy run. I hope the weather is mild and sunny. It should be mild. So all the visitors that are coming to Chicago can see how beautiful our city is. It is a beautiful city. Yeah. We have one of the best skylines. Yeah, I agree. So Jason, you know, with regards to uh, IMTS, you know, uh, Sandvik is going to be there. But I was speaking with one of our friends out in Fairlawn, New Jersey, a couple weeks ago. And they were sharing with me this new cool infographic that they just developed. You know, you know, I love infographics. I know you do. Because I don't like to read a lot, and it, I'm a visual guy. I see icons and text, a little bit of it, and boom, I'm in. Yeah, I it mean, catches the, my eye. The great thing about infographics is that, you know, you get so much 
content thrown at you and you want it to be good content. You want it to be convenient, kind of like the Making Chips podcast. Um, but when it comes to investing time in reading, you really want to make a decision in like a couple seconds. And the nice thing about an infographic is that it allows you to say, do I want to invest in reading more here? And I think that Sandvik has done a great job of displaying this visual information in a way that's easy to consume and it's going to be beneficial to uh, the metalworking nation, to manufacturing leaders. So it's what their vision is of what a machine shop is going to look like in the year 2020. And of course, one of the big things that they're highlighting is by the year 2020, one in five machine shops, one in five, 20%, will be investing 10% of their revenues towards digital manufacturing. I think that's a bold number for four years from now. I mean, things could change really quickly. You know what's weird? When you said four, it's only three and a half years. From yeah, now. I mean that's that's, that's not huge. too far away. I mean, uh, certainly you know Sandvik knows more about you know the future God, of I've, I'm ready for manufacturing. I know, I know. <laughs> so so I mean, but think- no, but it, it's great, and they're saying twenty percent increase doing all this and implementing this digital manufacturing will create a twenty percent increase in sales and revenue. That's a bold number too for those for those for the one in five that, have that implemented. That much. Yes, they will get a twenty percent increase in sales and revenue what they feel is that over 50 percent of machine tool utilization is wasted now 50 percent well if you think about it i mean the people that are the the machine shops that are using analytics to measure their business they are going to be the ones that are cutting out waste and they're able to operate at a you know lower cost of operation. They're going to be more profitable. They're going to be able to invest more in their business and they're going to be the ones that are increasing sales. I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, just, it's just a great short read. It's, it's beautiful. You know, uh, Car Machine has an infographic on our site too and I love it. And this one is done equally or if not better than mine and i encourage you all just to take a quick snap of it um we'll have ryan post the link in the notes of this episode yeah i mean if you ever want to send a book to jim and i send me a regular book because i read perfect and send jim a picture book like my three-year-old reads exactly he doesn't read words I, <laughs> he only read looks at pictures <laughs> it's, it's just not it's just not my thing i'd rather listen to music and listen to podcasts and, there you go and I'm a visual kind of Everybody guy. consumes stuff differently. Absolutely. So So what what are we what are we talking about today? You told me that you told me very briefly what this was about. Um, and we got a message from uh, Yeah, so you know, I managed the uh, Making Chips Facebook page and a couple months ago an aspiring manufacturing leader sent the message through the Facebook messages. It says, I know your show is for leaders in manufacturing. I would like to become a leader in manufacturing. So my question is, what can I do to promote a positive culture slash work environment at work not being a manager yet? Does my question make sense? And Doug, it absolutely makes sense, and I yeah, commend I, you for reaching out to us. Yeah, I mean, th- what I would say is, you know, first of all, Doug, thank you for contacting us, and we love to hear from manufacturing leaders and aspiring manufacturing leaders. I mean, everybody has to start off somewhere. Absolutely. And, you know, the fact that you're focusing on the culture of your company, I mean, I think that that's great that, you know, for 
you know, such a young guy that you're even thinking in that direction, I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, you know, cu- culture is something that I've done a lot of well, we've research talked a lot on. About we've on talked a lot about it on the show. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's something that's, you know, very, very, very important. Um, and, and I would say from, from my standpoint, the best thing that you can do, and it's so counterintuitive to like the way people normally think, is to just offer yourself to other people. That would be my number one thing is, is instead of putting yourself first, put other people first and invest in them. And so do whatever hmm. you can to help others at your company. That would not be my number one choice. That would be my number one choice is just to think about the others in your company before you think about yourself. Because it's just counterintuitive because most people are so self-focused. And for you to be not self-focused, I think, would be um, the most important thing to helping the culture of your company. Okay, so let's give Doug and the Metalworking Nation some bullets on what they can do to promote a positive culture slash work environment at their manufacturing company. Let's just bullet some things out and go through it. So you said... I said... Think about others before you think about yourself. Okay, that's and, the number one oh, thing. I agree, that's positive. I just that was not the first thing that came to my mind. So, and, and what I mean by that is, obviously, you're an aspiring leader and you want to look to promote yourself, but don't make everything about yourself. Make it about other people. Help other people. Help them to you know achieve more. Whatever you can do to invest in other people. I say stay positive. That's that's very important too. And I think being honest. And well, transparent. Both of those things, I, to me, go to integrity. Well, integrity is a good one. Yeah, that yeah. that if you have that high level of integrity, you're you're definitely going to go somewhere. But let's let's break this down a little bit more, Jason, because I really think this is important. I you know we're talking you know kind of a little bit high level now. Let's talk. Let's think about that young twenty something aspiring manufacturing leader out there and they're they're in the day-to-day they're coming in at 6 30 a.m they're working till 6 p.m they're working hard they're they're trying to do their best what are the little baby steps that this particular machinist operator programmer programmer quality control person any, any whatever above any one of these people that are working in a manufacturing environment what can they do to get noticed by their management by their coworkers, by their peers what is going to elevate that person to the next level well i i would say it goes back to w- what i said before yeah, which well let I me know, explain i think that when you say like being kind i let, think it's no it's like not what i said generic i didn't say being kind um so what what i'm referring to is l- don't look to get noticed so look to make your boss good to his boss do something so that you can help your boss take it to the next level without making it selfish and saying, I'm going to do this in order to make myself look good. No. Why don't you do it in order to make your boss look good? I, I get that. I do get that. So what are some other tools that we can tell these aspiring manufacturing leaders other than that? I mean, I think that they need to they need to show up on time. Well, the, the, I, yeah, mean, I know absolutely. that these are, these are all things that we think that they're doing. But at the end of the day, part of culture is respect. Respect for your superiors, respect for the company you work for, respect for your your people around you and your working environment. So get to work on time, be transparent, be honest. You know, not that I think that they would steal, but don't even think about that. I, w- I would say the other thing is to try to understand 
and define your culture. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that don't have a defined well, culture. So if you maybe that person could take a leadership role in def- writing a written a definition of what they think culture is at their yeah, company. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe, you know, maybe you go to, you know, the the powers that be at your company and, you know, I listened to this episode of Making Chips and they, they talked about how they defined, the actual define the culture of their company. I want to do this and I want to do the research in order to help us to actually define our culture so that we can live it out so that we can be a more unified company. And to me, until you've defined that culture, it's hard to live out mm-hmm. um, the culture of your company because it's still mostly a mystery. What about what about like networking? What about you know? We know training is important um, to to have those skill sets to become a true leader. You need to you need to amp up, elevate your skills, and whatever whatever that You're is. You're saying like always be learning. Always be learning. Yeah, that's very important. No and doubt about it. Ask a lot of questions. That's what I always tell my guys. There's no dumb questions. If, if you're not asking me questions, I feel as though that you're not engaging and you're not l- trying to learn. I'm always really positive, too, with with my employees in my shop. And I think that a positive outlook on work is really a huge culture I agree. Provider. I mean, we we have one of our one of our values, values, which is yeah. which is life oh, is great. Life is great. And yeah. you know, it, it it is all about the fact that we do need as a company to be counting our blessings. I mean, everybody here is not going to be a millionaire working at Zenger's, but you know what? Life is great, and we have a lot of really good things here. I mean, my entire team is great. There's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of things that we should feel very proud of. Look at the country we're living in. I mean, there's just so many reasons why we should be walking in in the morning and having that positive attitude that you said that you live and breathe on a daily basis. And the reason that we came up with this as a value is because everybody, like 80% of the people at the company felt like really good about each other, but we always felt like some people would kind of straggle in and then eventually leave who really didn't fit in. So we said, we needed to find this. Why, why do these people not fit in? And these other people do? Well, one of the reasons was, is, is the culture and, and and they didn't have this life is great attitude and people didn't like it. I mean, if you, if you want to walk in in the morning at, you know, seven 30 in the morning and have an enjoyable day and you have somebody else that comes in and they're just rotten on a daily basis, they're just not going to fit in. But you know what? There's a lot of companies out there where that's, having that positivity and that life is great attitude doesn't make a difference. And that isn't part of their culture. And, you know, maybe that person is best over there, mm-hmm. not here. And it doesn't well mean said. that they're not a hard worker. Yep. It doesn't mean that they're not, you know, a great machinist or a great programmer or whatever it is, but they just don't fit into our company culturally. So I would say help your company to define its culture. And if it's already defined, make sure that you're living it out on a day-to-day and basis. And you know what? Doug, you could go online and you could find out many ways, many, many companies have their cultures defined on the web and you can learn more about that. Or you can learn from listening to the Making Chips episode about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but if if he wants, you know, an alter something else, there's plenty of uh, information or I think Craig Zoberis's podcast interview we did with him was that's a great one craig knows a lot about it there's also some great books out there the the advantage 
um, is a great book by Patrick Lencioni. It's a great book about culture and about defining your values. So let's say that there's... there's... They have no infographic about okay. that, though, Jim, so you can't... No picture books. Uh. <laughs> so no, let's uh, let's break this down a little bit, Mark. This kind of one hit home to me because, you know, I, being in this industry for all these decades, you know, and I've seen like this paradigm shift and and companies and everyone's doing this culture thing and it's great. I, I'm really positive about it, but you know, a lot of a lot of shops don't have that and they're not implementing this. So I really commend Doug for reaching out to us to try to make change at his company. But what can he really do to start promoting this culture change? What if he's in the shop and the guy that's next to him working ten hours a day is just a complete jerk and how does he change that? You know what I mean? Well, so wh- you're, you're yeah. every day you're at your machine, you come to work on time, you're happy, you're positive, and then all of a sudden, boom, you've got this guy that's next to you. He's a real jerk. He's a Debbie Downer. He's coming in late. And you have no defined culture for your company? Yes. I mean, well, I think you need well, to go to your higher ups and say I want to I want to take this on as a side project. You don't have to pay me. I'm not going to ex- I'm not going to do this on the job. I just want to figure out how we define a great working environment for a company. And if you go to a boss and you say that to him and they're like, "No, you know what, Doug, that's a waste of time. I think you're at the wrong company." No, I agree. And then I think if if he can implement this and and do it, I think organically He doesn't he will- No, but once again, this goes back to he doesn't ha- it doesn't mean he has to implement this. You know, he could do this in order to make his boss look good. Once again, going back right. to my other point, say I want to be the bird dog that does all the research for you. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, ask the questions and read the books and listen to the podcast and I want to do the work to make you look good and help the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think after all that happens, he will organically just start to elevate himself. Yeah. It doesn't have will, to be about Doug. It does not have to be about it Doug. It shouldn't be about Doug. Okay. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but he's asking about himself. Of course. So, uh, but I, I agree that. Uh, and I'm telling him, don't make it about yourself. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's good advice, Jason. So with that said, uh, this is just great stuff. It's a very open-ended, complicated question. It is very complicated. Especially when we don't know the context behind his, who he works for, what the company is like, or anything like that. So, you know. It's hard for me. I mean, I still struggle trying to wrap my brain sometimes around this culture thing because, you know, I was so poisoned, not poisoned, but tainted in thinking not in a cultural way, in a totally different way to do business, that now that I am seeing the success that I'm having by making small cultural changes in my small company, I'm seeing that it, it you know, it's all working out, and it, it just it makes me happy that we can we can be here and and be a platform to share all this positive and inspiring stuff with with the metalworking nation and these young millennials that are out there that are aspiring manufacturing leaders aspiring manufacturing leaders and doug we wish you the best and please let us know how it all works out for you and uh we'd be happy to share your success story when you tell us in the future absolutely and keep making chips yeah because if you're not making chips you're not making money bam bam this podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? 
We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. We'll be right back. 